Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Now somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Amen, amen. Who's excited to be in church today? I got a word. You ready to hear it? If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Galatians 4, uh, 4 through 7. I'm going to read the message a version of that. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. And then you can stick your finger on John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 1, verse 1. So we'll read the Galatians uh, verse first. We're in a series called Success Season. How many of y'all ready for Success Season? Joe set us up nice because she said it's the 11th hour. So that means God's got to show up. We ain't got much time left in 2022. God's got to show up. So I'm just declaring, since I know he's going to come, that this is going to be a, a season of success. Amen? This is Success Season. Why? Because our God always shows up at the right time. And this is what Galatians 4, 4 through 7, the message version says. It says, but when the, right, when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, some versions say at just the right time. When the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain to you that you are not a slave but a child? If you know you're a child of God in this place, make some noise. And if you are a child, I love this, you are also an heir. You are royalty with complete access to the inheritance. Amen? I love that. At just the right time, God sends Jesus into the world to give his sons and daughters eternal success over every struggle, over every trial, over every tribulation, over every bit of hurt, over every bit of pain. I serve the God that has adopted me as his son, covered me under his blood, and he sent his son at the right time because he knew the time that we would need him to have success. If you believe it, say amen. Success season. Because Jesus came to give me success, I'm going to finish strong. Doesn't matter how this year started, I'm going to finish strong. Amen? Now let's read John 1, 1 through 5. It reads like this. Oh man, I, I just, oh, I love this verse. In the beginning was the word. I could just stop and preach that and be done. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word 
was God. If your theology ain't wrapped up in that statement right there, you got problems. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. When was he with God? Oh, my goodness. Through him, all things were made. Doesn't say through him some things were made. I looked up that word all in the Greek. You know what it means? All. (laughs) Through him, all things were made. Even better, without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And how many are thankful that the darkness has not overcome it? If you believe it, say amen. Last week, we said that you have to see success. Today, if you're taking notes, you have to speak success. Speak success. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, before the earth ever began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that will be listening to this message here or in person or wherever they are in the world right now. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always and only be about Jesus. It's going to be a word that's about Jesus because Jesus himself is the word. I pray that somebody gets that revelation before it's said and done. For those that are far, for those that feel like they can't be close to you because of what they've done and who they are, for those that feel like they've messed up too much and they're living in guilt and shame, for those that have never been introduced to you, for those that have come searching I pray they find you today Jesus I pray you reveal yourself in a whole new way Jesus because you are the way the truth and the life and no man gets to the father except through you God I pray God I pray that you would make an introduction that you've been waiting their entire life for change somebody's heart today I pray for the one, the one that needs to hear this word the most. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everyone said, everyone said, if you believe that Jesus is the word, why don't you take a second and give him a shout? Amen. Y'all give it up for the band one time. Y'all don't go too far, though. Y'all give it up for them. They they good. Them boys good. They good. Until the end of 2022, which is about three weeks, but two Sundays um, from now, we're going to continue to navigate the origin stories of Jesus um, throughout the Gospels because I believe that there's keys and there's clues within those four Gospel stories about the origin of Jesus that can help us find the keys to success. And I told you there's four things that we're going to talk about over four weeks. Last week, we said, see it. 
Today, I'm saying to say it. Next week, you definitely don't want to miss because I'm going to talk about seize it. And the last week on Christmas Day, what we should be doing is celebrating it. It ain't nobody here birthday on Christmas. Well, maybe you were born on Christmas, but I feel sorry for you because that's the day that we celebrate the birthday of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-mm-mm. And I will pray for you and take up a special offering for you if your birthday is on Christmas because, yeah, I feel sorry for it. No, I'm just playing. Don't take what I said serious. I'm just kidding. I'm going to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Okay. Um, say it, seize it, see it, say it, seize it, celebrate it. See it, say it, seize it, celebrate it. Last week we talked about the fact if you want to end this year strong, you got to see it. You got to see success. Like you can't even begin the process to live in a successful season if you haven't seen success. You got to see success to be successful. You got to see it. You ever notice that Moses never made it to the promised land? Because he hadn't fully seen it, but Joshua did. He was one of the spies that went in and actually saw it. He said, man, this land is good. It is filled with milk and honey. The grapes are so massive. They're bigger than our heads. Twelve spies went in. Eleven came back with a bad report. They said, yeah, we see that we could be successful here, but they focused more on the problems than what they saw that God was trying to give them as a promise. They focused more on the problem than the promise. But Joshua, he focused on the promise. He saw it with his own eyes. Moses might have been to the mountaintop, but he could never get into the promised land because he never saw the promised land. But Joshua was able to take them into the promised land because he saw success with his own eyes. You got to see it. See it. And the truth is, what you see will determine the success of this season. What you see. You see, I got to ask you, do you see problems or do you see purpose? Do you see problems or do you see a promise? Because the truth is, and I said this last week, depression is a prison that only purpose can get you out of. Some of you have been stuck all year long and it's it's hitting you really hard now because the holiday season and everybody's celebrating and you sad because you miss somebody or you're sad because this year ain't turned out the way that you thought it would and you trapped in this space where you feeling less than or like nobody cares and nobody understands what it feels like to be you and I'm telling you the only way to dig yourself out of that hole you have to have a reason to want to get out Your purpose is the key that will unlock the prison of your depression. Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. If you want to get out of a valley of depression, we also learn, just like the wise men that went to go see Jesus, sometimes you got to take another route. What you can't do is sit there. That ain't healthy. You don't, you don't stop in the valley of the shadow of death. You walk through it. And sometimes you go in a way like, man, I'm still in this valley. You know what? Let me take a turn right here. Maybe it's faster if I get out this way. 
Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta take another way. Some of you are walking through the valley, but you keep going the same way that you know to go. And God's saying, I need you to see something different. What is God trying to let you know? You gotta have another perspective. When we say see success, what I'm trying to tell you is to take another route. Have a different perspective because you cannot control what happens to you in life. You can control how you respond. You got to see things differently. Some are so mad. I can't believe this happened to me. That's one way to look at it. Or, man, I'm so glad this happened because now I know which way not to go. How do you see? The greatest thing you have the ability to change is your mind. See things differently. Last week, we said you got to see success. Today, you need to speak it. Some of you have a different perspective, but you're scared to say it. Because you're scared of what people are going to think when you say it. Oh, he ain't thinking like us. He must be crazy. I don't care what you think. God gave me what he gave me. It's a revelation of new perspective. So you can't be scared to speak what you see. The reality is that words have power. The things that you say out of your mouth, they matter. And if you want success in this season, you got to stop being so frivolous with the things that you say. I hope next year ain't nothing like this year. Why, why, you, why, you, why are you even saying that? Like, why you let that, why, why you let, so you already projecting that something new is going to be like something old. Man, man, I hope, wait, you, you putting your hope in that? Like, you gotta, you gotta start saying different things. Like, you meet somebody new for the first time, mm -hmm, just like all other ones. You don't even know him yet. Get a brother a chance. Get a sister a chance. Like, people project their past on other people. It's like, you can't even carry that weight. You're going to project it on somebody else you don't even know? You, you speak, you speak. Like, you got to be very careful with what you say. The Bible that I read says, you know, my word ain't good enough. I don't want you to take my word for it. Take God's word for it. But Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, those that like to do all this, you will eat its fruit. So be careful what you say because I love that verse is not, not inherently a bad verse. It's just saying that what you say you will create and what you, what you create, you will eat. You will eat. So if I'm speaking life all the time, I'm eating good. But some of you malnourished because all you do is speak death. I said I was going to be nice today. We're getting close to Christmas. <laughs> like, I, people, people say stuff, they don't even realize what they're saying. Like, you, you say things, like, you ever said something to somebody and they, their response is, like, I'm going to make you eat those words. They didn't even realize what they were saying. So I want to say things because I want to eat good. I, I, I want to eat good because there's power in the things that I say. So I'm not just going to carelessly throw out words 
Because the things that you say, whether you realize it or not, they matter. Even if they don't matter to you, they matter to the people that they land on. They matter to your kids. I was, I was sitting like, I was sitting in McDonald's the other day and I was waiting for my food. No, I was not eating it. I didn't eat it. Hey, y'all so judgmental. Pastor T, you in McDonald's? Bob, I wanted some french fries, man. My child, give my, I give my child McDonald's French Friday night and it ain't gonna kill her. I'm like, I can't believe. Y'all so, y'all ain't saved, man. I was sitting there and now there was a mom with two boys. And, and like, I, man, it hurt my heart, man, because little boys is doing what little boys do. They was all over the place, like, ah, run around. Mama sitting there, if y'all don't sit your mother fathers down. Da, da, da. I'm like, these little, these little boys was like seven to eight years old. I'm like, yo, this, this how you talking to these, 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 these young kings? This how you talking to them. And then we wonder why so many broken men, they, they grow up and they're so abusive verbally towards people. Because that's all they heard growing. And I'm sitting there like, man, should I say something or should I say? I was like, I ain't want to get cussed out in the process. If you're going to cuss a seven-year-old, what you going to do to a 41-year-old? Heart broke for him. I was like, God bless them kings in the name of Jesus. Not even realizing, man, we got to be so careful with the things that we are saying over people. Because when you are speaking, you are speaking to future. Every seed out of your mouth germinates something for your future. And if it's not your future, it's probably somebody else's future. So you got to be so careful with the things that you say. Words are so powerful that the Bible teaches us that words have been here from the beginning. They're not a, they're not a construct of man. Words have been here from the beginning. The God that I know of actually spoke the, word, the world into existence. When, when he breathes, stars come out. The word has been here from the beginning. And not only did God speak the world into existence, God, I love this, John, of all the books, tells us quite a different origin story of Jesus than Matthew did last week. As a matter of fact, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I've taught this before, they're seen as the synoptic Gospels which means seen as similar or seen as the same. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're telling you the story of Jesus and all the things that he did um, in his time in Galilee. When you look at John, though, John takes out a bunch of things out of his book that he doesn't even mention that the rest of them mention. Like, we're supposed to be looking at all the origin stories of Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But if you look at John, it doesn't start by talking about Jesus as the baby in the manger that was dressed in swaddling clothing. And the shepherds came to see him and the magi brought him a gold frankincense and myrrh. John does none of that. John is different. You see, Matthew 
traces Jesus's lineage back to King David and Abraham. Why is that important? Because uh, Matthew is trying to show that Jesus fulfills all the Old Testament prophecies to be the Messiah. So he has to trace his lineage. He has to make sure that everything he says is a fulfillment of what we see in the Old Testament. Why? Because it was made for Jewish believers. And the only way that they would believe the Messiah is if he fulfilled all the prophecy. Matthew, Mark. Mark is different because Mark is very particular about letting us know that Jesus comes from where? Nazareth. Why is that important? Because the theme of Mark, if you look at it, you're supposed to understand that Jesus is the suffering servant. Nazareth is important because Nazareth is a lowly place. It's not a place where royalty should initially come from. So it's trying to teach us that Jesus is the servant of all mankind. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke uh, traces Jesus' lineage all the way back to Adam. Look at the genealogy. We see it all the way through Adam. Why, why is that important? Because the writer of this gospel is trying to show us that though Adam was the first man, Jesus is the perfect man. He's the new and true and better Adam because Adam was the first man that made mistakes, but Jesus comes along as the second Adam to show us that as a human, he is the embodiment, walking, talking, living, breathing version of perfection that we were created to be before the fall. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John does something different though. Does something totally different because John says... In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. It doesn't say swaddling clothes. It doesn't say gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It doesn't mention Mary. It doesn't mention Joseph. It says in the beginning was the word. Where all these other gospels trace Jesus' origins back to something earthly, John is the only one that traces it back to something heavenly. In the beginning was the word. He's trying to let you know off top, hey, Jesus, he might have been born into this, but he ain't from around here. He's better than what you know. There's nothing that's ever been like him before. John is trying to get us to see that. And John 1, 1 and 2 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God. God in the beginning. You notice something else about John 1, 1 and 2? When it says that word, word, you ever notice it's capitalized all three times? That's because it's not talking about an ordinary word. We learned this back in elementary school. When you got a proper noun, right, you capitalize it. Why? Because it's telling us about a person, a place, or a thing. Well, we know it's not a thing. We know he is not a place. We know he was a person. So the word, word there is not just talking about the ordinary word. It's capitalized because it's trying to introduce you. John is trying to introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. That word there is logos or logos, logos. To the Hebrews and the Greeks, it means different things. But in the Hebrew, it's meaning the, the word of God. The spoken word of God, it means this, right? This is God's word. 
In the old, in the old Testament, often in uh, Jewish culture, when they, when, when they talked about God, they talked about him in context to his word. So there's verses that you could break down where it says they met with God, but the way they would translate it is they met with God's word. Because his word was meant to describe his character. It was meant to describe his heart. It was meant to describe his power. So in the Hebrew context, it talks about the word as God's word. And what is God's word? Truth. Right? But in in the Greek, I, I find it interesting because when they talk about logos or the word, um, they're talking about it in the sense that it's the power that makes the world make sense. Let me let me break that down for you a little more. It makes the world make sense. It's the power that makes the world make sense. It's the power that puts things in order. It's the power that puts things in proper working order. So when they're talking about the word, they're talking about the order. I want you to hold on to that thought because as we continue to dig into this message, you'll see why that is important. So for, for the Greeks, when you hear Lagos, they're talking about the God that puts things in order. Oh, my goodness gracious. But I, I love John 1, 1 through 2. I'll read it again. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I love that because in that in that one sentence, we get three clear different things about Jesus. We get to understand him in a fresh new way. This is what John is trying to help us get because it says in the beginning was the word. What does that let us know? He was there in the beginning. Another way to say that Jesus is not some construct of the New Testament. He was there in the beginning. So when you read the word, when you read God's word, you should not just look for Jesus in the New Testament. If he's there in the beginning, you need to be looking for him through the entire thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. Jesus is right there. Because you have to understand that the words used to form things was not just the word that you and I speak. It was Jesus. That caused the formation of things from the beginning. So just from hearing in the beginning was the word, we understand that Jesus is not a New Testament construct. He, he reigns and he lives and he exists in the entire word. But then it says, and the word was with God. He was with him. He was with him. When you're with somebody, how many people is there? more than one isn't there he was with him see that's important to know if you understand this 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 theology that we like to talk about called the trinity father son holy spirit triune in nature three in one one in three god at the head of the triangle is the creator jesus he is the redeemer. He is, he is salvation sent to humanity. He is what the Bible calls redemption before creation. Before we ever messed up, God had a plan in Jesus to fix it. So you get God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. Creator, redeemer, sustainer. 
When Jesus Christ dies on the cross and he rises again, I don't know about you. I don't serve a dead God. My God is alive. He went down to hell, made a public spectacle of the devil in front of all his demons, snatched the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He rose again up to heaven like the Jordan jump man symbol. He's been sitting at the right hand of the father ever since. Advocating for you and me. But then he says, when I leave, I'm going to send a comforter. A comforter called the Holy Spirit that lives where? In you. Why? What's the Holy Spirit's job? To remind you of the things that Jesus said, the word, while he was here on earth. And to empower you, not just to remind you what he said, it empowers you to live out those things. So you need God the Father, you need God the Son, you need God the Holy Spirit. They are, they are, listen, they are not three totally separate things. No, they are three in one, one in three. All of them create one beautiful whole called the Trinity. And we need that. So just by that second part, he says that he was with God. So this means he's a distinct entity working alongside God. He is not totally separate, but there's characteristics and things that we see Jesus walk out in an earthly nature that help us understand God. Because here, let me tell you something. They say at best like 10% of our brains are, are working when we're like firing on all cylinders. Do you think the human man has the mind to fathom God? We can't even come close on our best day. So God says, I ain't like these God that, sit, that, that, sit, that sits on high and I don't want my creation to know me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself into a package that they can understand. I'm going to make myself like them so that they could see how my character is walked out in an earthly form. This is the beauty of Jesus. So Jesus was with God in the beginning. But the third thing that it says, it says in the beginning, the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And it says the word was God. So not only was Jesus there from the start, not only does he have a separate but coexisting entity that works alongside God and with God for the overall purpose for us to have relationship with him, but at the same time, he's letting you know, although I am distinct, I am still a part of a bigger whole. I am God. I am. Go worship all you want to. Make sure when you know you're worshiping Jesus, we worshiping God. I don't try to hide what we believe. I believe in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through him. Like, like some people want to talk about God, and, they, 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 and, and when they talk about God, they want to say the universe, or they want to say goodwill, or, they, oh, yeah, yes, I feel the spirits. No, Jesus. That's what we believe. Any other thing is strange. I believe in Jesus. Don't try to take Jesus out of my gospel. Because Jesus is the word. The good news is not me. The good news is Jesus. It, none of this works without Jesus. You have to understand that. The good news that John is trying to tell us is that Jesus is the word. God's wisdom, his character, and his creative power wrapped up in human form. And just as our words reveal our heart and our character, the word reveals the heart and the mind of God. 
But God loves us so much, he's like, I want to give them some understanding of who I am. So I'm going to package myself this way so that they can understand how much I truly do love them. It's one thing for God to say that he loves you. Another thing to show you through sacrifice. How else can God show sacrifice unless he put himself in a human form for us to see the sacrifice? You understanding the importance of the cross the more I begin to talk about who Jesus is? See, because there's power in the spoken word, we got to be very careful in this season. And we must use our words so wisely if we want to speak success. And if we're following the origin story of Jesus in John, and we understand that Jesus is the word, if we understand that there is power in the word, and we know that the word lives in us, we must be careful how we speak. So if you want to speak success, there's two things I'm going to give you, and we're going to get right out of here. If you want to speak success, you got to say it to create it. It's that simple. Say it to create it. John 1-3, through him, all things through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made what a powerful statement about Jesus he's he's literally letting us understand there's no creation story without Jesus because when God spoke that word what was he saying he was talking about me he was saying, I was the word in the beginning, not the words that man made up that they put in Webster's dictionary. I was the word in the beginning that created all things. And without me, Jesus, nothing exists. I love that it says through him. Stop right there. Through him. It means that Jesus is not just a construct of my mind. He is an uncreated thing. Do you hear what I said? I didn't say Jesus was a created thing. Jesus was an uncreated thing. Another way to say that is Jesus was original. He was original, but everything else that came was through him. Not only is he original, because he was not created, there is no start date for Jesus. There is no end date for Jesus. He's eternal. He's been around for a while. I, I, I love that because he's an uncreated thing. He's always existed. He's an original thing. And remember I told you that that word logos for the Greek, it speaks to the thing that sets things in order. Well, if Jesus is the original thing and we are all created things then the created thing must always submit to the original thing there is no thing that has ever been created that could take the place of Jesus because the created thing cannot take the place of the original thing it's like your children having more authority in your house than the parent I wish she would I don't care how old I am. I can have diapers and be in a home. It doesn't matter how old I am. I'm still your parent. I am the original thing that you, you came from me. With God's help, I created you so you cannot supplant or surpass my authority. 
I want my child to go farther than me, but she still can't surpass my authority in her life because I am the original thing and she is the created thing. This is the same thing that God is trying to get us to understand about Jesus. Stop trying to put Jesus in this box like, oh, he's less than God and God created him. No, he is God. He's original. Look at your neighbor and say, he been here. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like because you picked them second, say, he been here. Jesus been here. He's been here from the beginning. He is the originator, often imitated, never duplicated. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. There is no created thing in all of the earth or in all of heaven that could surpass the original thing. He is the originator of all things and everything goes through him. When they ask you what came first, the chicken or the egg, say Jesus and walk away. It's the only answer to the question. Here's what I love about the creator of all things. He's not stingy. He loves us so much, he created us in his image with the ability to create. What other God wants to give up their powers to the ones that worship them? Our God says, you made in my image. Of course you can do what I can do. You, you, can, you can make things. You can be creative. You can solve problems. You can make the world better. As a matter of fact, not only can you create things, I created you to be an answer. You're an answer to things. Your very nature is creativity because you're an answer to a problem just by being born. This is the God that we serve. Nothing else in creation has the ability that we have to create. So let me ask you this. Simple question. Hope you get the answer right. What are you sitting on right now? No, no, I'm, I'm really asking you like... Somebody else, mm, he, get, he getting deep. What, what are you sitting on right now? Wrong. You sitting on words I spoke in 2018. You're not sitting. You, you, thank you. You, you. you don't believe me? I had to dig it up in my phone because I wanted to find it. I wrote it September 29th, 2018. I wrote this. And when, when you hear what I wrote, it actually predates it. But I, I, for these purposes, I wrote, when I was a kid, I was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? My response was always the same. I would answer, I just want to help people. Back then, I had no idea that that statement, I had no idea where that statement would take me. That statement brought me back home to South Florida 13 years ago. Remember, I wrote this in 2018 and launched me into full-time ministry. I'm 17 years in now, y'all. That statement opened up doors to me to serve under some of the greatest leaders on the planet and Rich and Robin Wilkerson at Trinity Church, Miami. 
that statement has taken me to places in the world I thought I would never be able to go. It has allowed me to build relationships with amazing people, help me find my beautiful wife, Joanne Wilson, start a company called Cool Creative, and led us to adopt a little girl from another part of the world named Valencia that needed love when we had so much love to give. Life's always better when you are helping someone else. As the next chapter of this journey unfolds, I can always count on a strong love for people that God has placed in my heart to guide me towards my purpose. Today, I am proud to say that my family and I are launching Cool Church on January 27th, 2019. Cool stands for created out of love. Anything worth doing should be done in love. And this new endeavor comes out of the love we have for people to live up to their God-given potential. Strong families build strong futures. And through love, we believe we can help build strong families in hopes that we build a world of strong people. We will be launching in Miramar, Florida because we believe that God will use Cool Church to be the hashtag miracle in Miramar. I want to ask you again, what do you think you are sitting on? You're not sitting on a chair. I spoke out the fact that you would be here right now worshiping God, that we will be a miracle in Miramar that's seen hundreds baptized, that's seen thousands saved, that's given millions of dollars to help the community. I want you to understand that you are literally sitting on the creative power of God right now and your words have have so much power. Those same words got us through all the no's that people said. Those same words helped us when we shifted from location to location. Those same words got us through a pandemic when we didn't even know if we were going to ever meet in person again. And those same words are still becoming the miracle in Miramar as I speak, as we continue to save and change lives for the power of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, say amen. You're sitting on words. You're sitting on the word. Let me ask you a question. What have you made with your words? You're sitting on mine. What have you made with your words? Think about your life. I was just playing season 2018. I, I hoped it would be this, but this is even better than what I thought it would be. Oh, man. Will you use what you say in this season to bring you success in the next season? <laughs> what are you speaking out? Speak out the vision, write it down, make it plain, and then you can look back on it three years later and say, man, people are sitting on what I said. I believe in the power of the word, Jesus Christ, and his power within us to say it, to create it. So don't be scared to say things in this season that will bring you success in the next season. And finally, don't just say it to create it. Say it to illuminate it. Say it to illuminate it. John 1, 4 through 5 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Oh my goodness gracious. Don't just say it to create it. 
after you say it, shine some light on it. Illuminate it. Say metaphorically, man, that sounds awesome, but what does that mean practically? That word light, where it says in the beginning, it says, excuse me, in him was life and life was the light of all mankind. That word in the Greek is false. P-H-O-S, false. Metaphor, like literally it just means light. But metaphorically, if you read it, it means one of two things. A truth, says truth and its knowledge together with the spiritual purity associated with it. I'll read that again. Truth and its knowledge together with the spiritual purity associated with it. Or it means that which is exposed to the view of all openly and publicly. Let me break that down, make that simpler for you. So that word false or light means a spiritual truth and knowledge that is exposed for all to see. It's truth that is exposed for all to see. That word false, nobody uses it more than John in the Gospels. As a matter of fact, if you read the book of John, you'll see that word 23 times. Nobody else uses that word as much. And it got me to thinking, writers have agendas and writers have perspectives and it appears to me that if he's using this word to talk about light and the illumination of truth, I think John was trying to get real with some folks. I think John was trying to expose some things. I think John was trying to get as real as possible on every level. And I think he was trying to get real on a level some of us ain't even ready for, but it's important. Because here's the reality. Light is important because light is the revealer of things. When you get light in the room, there's a lot you can see. Some of you remember your old club days. They was fine in the dark. <laughs> they cut that music off, them lights went up. You said, Jesus. Y'all ain't say. The light is a revealer. It exposes things. Flick the lights on the roaches like, oh, snap. It's a revealer. It's supposed to, expo it's supposed to show you what, what's really, what it really is. What's really going on. Turn on some lights. Turn on some So I, when I was a kid and I was scared of the dark, I run down the hallway, I flip that light on quick. Didn't you always feel like somebody was chasing you? Flip that light on. Oh, okay, I'm good. Taking out the trash at night. Oh, Lord. The light alleviates fear the light lets you see things for what it really is and I love it that it says that life is found in light that's what it's telling us because here's the truth you cannot live a life to abundance or to its fullest potential if you live in darkness what it's telling you is you have to live light in life because you cannot live in the light if you live in a lie that's why it says the light cast out the darkness so you say I got illuminated what does that mean pastor be more practical I want to say amen because it sounds good but what does that mean be real with yourself stop lying tell the truth 
Some of us don't have success seasons because we're lying about the season we're in. And you got to shine some light on it. I ain't even expect to clap on that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Some of us got to get real. John was saying, let me get real with y'all about who Jesus is real quick. You see, when I say illuminated, I'm trying to tell you to speak the truth about your situation. Because it's only when you're real about your situation that your situation is going to change. You keep lying if you want to. Don't be mad when you're not entering into a season of success. Because you can't carry darkness into a place that's light. Success is all light. As soon as, soon as, you, as, soon as you try to drag all your stuff into there, you're going to get exposed. You're going to get called out. It's only when you're real about the situation that the situation can change. So here's, what, here's, my, here's my practical advice to you. Tell the truth to shame the devil. Tell the truth. Shine some light on it. Be real about where you are right now because that may be the one thing that's stopping you from finding success. Like, shine, shine the light on your work ethic. It's true. Your plan may not be bad, but your work ethic is. It's like, God told me I got to do this. He did, but you don't work. If you don't work, it don't work. Be real about it. And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to like knock people. I'm just saying, there's a lot of good reasons why people don't do the stuff that they're supposed to do. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I, I'm this. I'm that. I get all that stuff. But be real with yourself about where you at. Maybe right now is not the right time for you to pursue that thing because you don't have the bandwidth to do it. Be, be real about that. Like, shine light on your relationships. It's toxic. Tell the truth. I love her. I love him. Tell the truth. You're you falling in love with an abuser. It's toxic. It's killing you. It's separating you from all the people that love you. Tell the truth about it. Because if you don't expose it, you can't free yourself from it. Shine the light on your parenting. That's a harsh one because I do that to myself all the time. Man, I, listen, no such thing as a perfect parent. I think the thing about parenting is, man, you're supposed to learn as you go. And you're supposed to get better as you do it. I don't care how many parenting books there are out there. There is no perfect parent for your child than you. You are the perfect parent for your child. You know why? Because God made them like you. But shine the light on your parenting. Your, your kids, maybe they only act the way they act because you don't spend enough time with them. Or you spoil them. No amen, Tom. Amen. Tell the truth. Oh, I got something for y'all single folk too. <laughs> Don't come for me unless I sin for you. Some of you actually need to shine the light on your kids though. Like, your child, and it's going to be a hard pill for some people to swallow, but it's just real. Shine light on your kids though. Your child might be special needs and you got too much pride to admit it. Tell the truth. I'm trying to help some people, man. I'm trying to help some people because I think the difference between success and a child's life and destruction is the people that 
pay the closest attention to them and give them the right stuff at the right time, man. Like some of these things, I, I, I don't know a lot about this subject, but from my smart friends that do, it's just like with anything, early detection is key. Stop being so, that ain't my child. No, it is. We all see it, but you don't, you don't want to admit it. I ain't trying to call nothing on nobody's kids. But man, we just want them to get the help that they need. Shine the light on your marriage. Shine it. Like, your partner is distant with you because you haven't shown them interest. You stop taking them out on dates. You stop encouraging them. You stop believing in their dreams, but you want to blame them and see all their problems, but don't see any of your own. Shine a light on that thing. Shine a light on your single season too. I'm not telling you you need anybody to define you. The only person you need to define you is Jesus. But don't act like Everybody on the planet just don't get you. Your list might be the problem. Shine some light on it. <laughs> like, he got everything that I want, but he 5'6". Is this height going to make him take care of you any less? I'll be nicer next week, I promise. <laughs> like, some of you like, yeah, single season. When it's going to end, it ain't going to end because you prolonging it. Like, there's no one good enough? Like, no one? Okay, well, that's you. Maybe, listen, I ain't mad at that. Maybe you are called to be like the Apostle Paul. <laughs> that ain't my calling. <laughs> but maybe it's yours. Maybe you want to reevaluate. A lot of times we're looking for stuff in people that we are not ourselves. You got a list that you can't live up to, but you want somebody else to. Tell the truth. Shine some light on that thing. No more lies. No, no more lies, man. Get real with yourself. Because if you want to season of success, you got to speak the truth about your situation because the word that I read in John 8.32 says that the truth will set you free. You're in bondage to your past season and you can't step into your success season because you have not told the truth that sets you free. Like, you ever considered the fact that, you're like, ah, oh, why I ain't get it yet? Why I got to wait till the 11th hour? Maybe God has given you all year long to be real with yourself. Maybe God's been giving you, he, he gave you 11 months when you told you, like, you still ain't real with yourself yet? You, you still ain't, ain't like, you, you still ain't like grip onto reality yet. Still? Maybe trying to give you time to be real about your situation, but I'm here just as a messenger, maybe to shine some light on the darkness that you've been trying to hide in. Because truth is, the only way to heal the hurt that you're dealing with right now is to expose it. Shine some light on it. You want success? Pastor, how come you're always successful? Because I'm real with myself. 
I know what I can do. I know what I should not do. I know what I should stay away from. And I know what I'm on my knees for every day because I know me. Real enough with myself to know that there's still a lot of work that God needs to do in me. But man, when you know that there is space for God to improve, that's the beautiful thing about God. He's just looking for space in your life to invade. But you got to be real with yourself. Illuminate it with the truth and success will follow. As I close, I asked myself this question when I was reading this text because I love this text about John. The beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I said, if Jesus was the word, or he is the word, excuse me, and he's here in the beginning, why doesn't just God just send him in the beginning? Like right, at, right after the fall. They, they eat the fruit. And then we got to go on this multi-thousand year journey to get us to Jesus so that 2,000 years later, we could say a prayer, accept Jesus into our heart and get back on the right side relationally with God. Why like, it's like, oh man, they ate that fruit. All right, Jesus, you're up. It's like, like back in the 90s, if you're losing the game, you send Jordan in. You know he's going to close it. Right? God was like, nah, not yet. I was like, why? That's like, that's strange, God. Like, why would, why would you do that? Let's, let's play Sunday school. Y'all could, could y'all put that 10-second timer up there for me, please? Just need 10 seconds. Wait, don't start it yet. Well, it's like 11. Sorry, when it gets to 10, I'm going to play the game. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to try to give you a message. I'm not going to use my microphone, though. But here's what I want you to do. Put the clock back, man. Just let it go. But don't... Should have practiced this before service. All right, pause. There you go. Just stay right. All right, we're going to get 11 seconds. I'm going to try to tell you something, but I want you to do what y'all was doing when, when Joel was up here, like, feeling the Holy Ghost. I want y'all to scream at the top of your lungs for 11 seconds. And I'm going to try to tell you something while you're screaming. And I want to see who hears me. Okay? So, count down, right? Remember, scream at the top of your lungs? Wait, hold up. Let me do a test. When I say scream at the top of your lungs, let me just hear what that sounds like. One, two, three. Scream until you're alone. Okay. All right, stop. So make sure I don't want to mess this up any further. All right. When the clock starts, y'all scream. I'm going to try to get you a message. Here you go. Ready, set, go. Okay. Somebody tell me what I said. Y'all cheated. Messed up my illustration. They're right though. Now, I'm gonna take the mic away from my mouth again. I'm gonna say it again with nobody saying anything and you'll be able to hear it clearly. Jesus, look. You heard me without a microphone, right? 
But when all the noise was going on, the folks that read my lips could catch me, but there was still a bunch of other people that didn't hear me. They couldn't catch what I was saying because it was too much going on in the room. So I had to wait until the room got quiet for you to hear what I was saying. You see, here's what I found out about God's communication with us. Here's what I found out. Like, God is, God is so intentional about how he uses his word. Sometimes, it's not about what you say. It's not about how you say it. It's about when you say it. Because see, if you say things at the wrong time, it doesn't matter how good they are. No one's going to receive it. I love what Galatians 4.4 says. But when the right time came, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God waited for the perfect time in the history of humanity to send Jesus. Why is that time so important, uh, 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 Pastor Terrence? Because look at what the verse said. But when the right time came, God sent his son. We already established he was with his son in the beginning. Born of who? A woman. I'm going to take myself, wrap myself in human flesh, and I am going to be subject to the law of the land because I am not having a spiritual birth on this earth. I'm going to have a natural birth on this earth because all humans are subject to what? The law. God could have snapped his fingers and Jesus could have appeared. So no, no, no. You're going to be born of a woman. This is why God says you must be born again. Because the natural birth is our birth into what? The law. God said, I got to wait until the law is fully established before I can send my son. And not only do I wait till the law is established, I must wait so that when my son is birthed through natural means, he is subject to the same law that has already been established on the earth through me. I love it because Jesus is born at the right time in humanity because the law is already established. So he is born at that time because he is the fulfillment of the law that could free us from the law. Our God does not make any mistakes with his timing. He says, I have to wait until an order is established so I can send the originator of the order to set things in place. To Jesus came to make it make sense. But God had to wait till the right time. The word comes to life to make 
God's love for us, his grace for us, and his compassion for us make sense to us. Oh my goodness gracious. I believe God saved Jesus, the word, for the time he knew humanity would be open enough to receive him. See, maybe you have done something in a past season or you said something in a past season and people were not ready to hear it or receive it. I'm speaking it out in faith. I'm decreeing and declaring in the mighty name of Jesus that in this season when you've exposed who you really are, when you're willing to say it, to create it. I'm believing and declaring that in this season, your words will no longer land on deaf ears, but people are ready and willing and able to help you because they finally are able to hear you. So I need you to say you will fully submit yourself in this season to single and watch God send the partner that you were previously not ready for before. I need you to say blessings over your kids in this season and watch their attitude change as they begin to get the mind of Christ because they know they have a mother and father that blesses them. I need you to say encouragement to your spouse in this season and watch the fires of your love begin to burn again. I need you to say that business pitch to investors in this season and watch them get excited about your ideas because they ideas that they weren't willing to receive from somebody else. I need you to say that you are healed in this season and watch your faith activate your health in the name of Jesus. I need you to say the dreams that God has place to your heart in this season with faith because at the right time God will make his word come into your life and bring light and life to everything you say. Say it with faith and believe it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and watch those things come to success in this season. If you believe it, say amen. Say it in this season. Say the things you've been scared to say and watch the word at the right time. Bring things to life. You see, at the end of the day, we're talking about success, but there's no success more important than your eternal success. It's not just about what you believe. We all believe for good things. You have to attach and have the faith to speak those things out loud if you want to see them happen. If you want eternal success, it's not just about what you believe. It's about what you say. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead you are saved salvation salvation is not just by faith there's a confession attached to it what are you saying in this season that's different from the last season I'm not good enough stop saying that none of us are Jesus is you don't know what I've done. He knows exactly what you've done and he still loves you. God, I'm not good enough. No one's good. 
God is good. When you confess and you believe, that's the key to eternal success. Are you going to change your confession in this season? Because if you want to see success, you got to speak success. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm just looking for people that's ready to speak out. To confess that Jesus is Lord. I, listen, I want you to have success on this side of heaven, but no success matters more to me than your eternal success. Maybe you've been beating yourself up all year long. Maybe you ain't been real with yourself and you ain't been telling the truth about where you at. I want your confession to change. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, I'm not asking you to confess anything else. You confess with your mouth. That's why John wrote the book the way he wrote it. He was trying to get us to understand that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of man. You confess with your mouth on the count of three. If you want to make that confession, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never made it, or maybe you've made it, but you've spoken out other things to cancel out your confession. I want you to understand you can say a confession today in Jesus that cancels out every negative thing you've ever said over yourself. You want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're here or online on the count of three. Don't worry about what your neighbor confessed. They got to make their own confession to God. This is about the confession you make to God today. Maybe you messed up. Time to come home. Maybe you think you got everything figured out. Time to come home. Let me tell you, if you feel distance, if you feel the tug on your heart, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you want to speak eternal success over your life. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough. Oh, I see you and 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 you. If your hand's up, stand up. Some of y'all already standing up. Now, if you, if you, listen, if your hand's up, come down here right now. Come on. Let me pray for you. We're going to speak it out. Come on. Come right here to this altar. Come. 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 Everybody standing in this place. Come on. too late. Come on. Maybe you out there and you're like, man, I want to do it, but I'm scared, man. My hands sweating, my heart beating fast. Be real with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Look at your neighbor say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, grab by the hand and walk them down here. Come on. Let me see right now. Just ask them. Scared, I'll go with you. Five, four, just want to make sure three, two, one. Reach your hands towards your brothers and sisters. I already told you. Confess and believe. You must believe, but you must confess. 
maybe you're down here you want to raise your hands to heaven just a sign of surrender but I want everybody here and online I want you all to pray this prayer with me make sure that what you say you believe in your heart the Bible says when you do you're a brand new creation so everybody in the sound of my voice say dear Jesus dear Jesus I've sinned I've sinned not proud of it, not proud of it. but I admit it but I admit Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all give Jesus a shout of praise. If you're down here and you made that decision for the first time or first time in a long time, I got something for you. There's a Bible in here. There's a WWJD bracelet, a letter from me and Joe. Just our way to say that we love you. And um, if you got questions about the decision you just made, we got team out there that'll help you. I see my guy Tim holding up that sign. You see it? It says, welcome to the family. That's what you are. Amen. So they'll help you. They will uh, assist you with any questions you got. We don't claim to know all the answers, but God's word has them. Amen? So, in a second, y'all going to walk out. Y'all going to clap for them louder than you ever clap for somebody in your life because the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration of heaven. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like. So here we go. On the count of three, y'all going to clap. They're going to walk. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're special. Let them know they're amazing. It's all my heart to do this. Before I bless you out, maybe you heard this message today and God, God started to shine that light on the thing in your heart that you don't want nobody to know about. Here's what I know. You could, you could allow it to sit there, but that thing that you refuse to reveal, it will actually control your confession. So you got to deal with it. I'm going to do another call. And there's some people that want to come down because you say, I'm saved, but I got to change my confession. God's been revealing some stuff in my heart and I need to change my confession if I want to see this season of success. If that's you right now, just come down to the altar. I just want to know who I'm praying for. You want to change your confession. Come on. It's okay. See? I knew it. Yep. Come. You love Jesus, but you say, there's some things I got to change, man. There's some things. I ain't mad at you. If I was on the opposite side of this mic, I'd probably be standing down there with you. I love it. Good. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 I see you. Reach your hands towards them too. Y'all reach your hands up. We gonna start saying some different stuff. Father God, I just thank you for each and every person that came down to this altar. God, thank you for revealing something on their heart that they know about that maybe nobody else knows. God, I'm not asking them to confess to man. I'm asking them to confess to you because a man can't change them, but you can. Lord, I pray right now that their confession would change. 
that God, that negativity will be removed out of their life in the first place it will start is with their mouth. God, I pray that they would speak life, not death. And I pray that they will speak and live and eat the fruit of life because of a change confession. God, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that as they lay it down in this altar right now, God, I'm declaring a season of success over their life because they have exposed it. They have allowed light and life to flow through them and I pray that the word the word of God will not just rest in their heart, but God, that you would live in their heart, God, so that they would not sin against you. They would hide the word in their heart and they will begin to speak it out of their mouth in this season. I declare and I decree that no weapon formed against them shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I declare that they are your workmanship. They are your masterpiece created to do good work in Christ Jesus. And I pray that this will be a season of success, not just because we believe it, but because we declare it out of our mouth in Jesus' name. If you believe it, raise your hands and worship. Change your confession. Worship. Come on, say. I am standing on every promise that you made. I will see it come to pass. Let your worship be your confession. bless you out. I want everybody to say this with me. It's just what the song says. Say, I will see it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Say, I will see it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Say, I will see it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Now give him a shout of praise in this place today. believe that you're going to see it come to pass because you said it out of your mouth. You believe it? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.